Welcome to the Healthcare Marketing Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to providing effective marketing strategies for dentists, independent physicians, and multi-location medical practices. Far too many doctors struggle to establish their brand online and consistently increase their new patient appointments. Join Lamar Hull of MedRank Interactive as he interviews marketers, doctors, and healthcare professionals who share proven healthcare marketing secrets. Hey Meg. Hello. Hey Renee. Hi. How are you? Doing well. How are you both? Good. I'm sure. well. I'm eating pizza. So. <laughs> <laughs> Meg, there's a few students who had conflicts tonight with midterms. They're submitting papers and things. I think maybe Veronica may have told you. And there's one. <laughs> um. So we'll be missing a few. Oh, good. Everyone else is on. Okay. Board. Cool. Hey Hope. Cool. How are you? Good. I'm eating dinner, so I'm going to turn my camera off, but I'll turn okay. it off when I'm finished. <laughs> no worries. Hey, Garrett. Hey, Kehlani. How's everyone Good. doing? Good. So this is my dad's backyard in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. They had eight inches today. So wow. No way. Most snowfall for October. That's crazy. It's not quite the same weather down here right now. No, no, it's nice. Um, Emma, we have um, Lamar joining us okay. probably around seven o'clock. He's going to talk SEO, but just FYI, if you see him ding in, he's supposed to be here. Okay, <laughs> got it. 
we'll give everyone a few more minutes. Um, sure. But happy Monday. The weeks just keep sneaking up on us. I feel like October went really fast. I feel like it's, it is over. Like I just- it's, it's, No, it's like over, it you're correct. <laughs> it's just the final push to Thanksgiving now. Yeah. are starting to roll in. Hey, Joanna. Hi. Welcome. Bella. Meg, feel free to get started. I feel like probably a few more will roll in as you, whenever you're ready. Okay, cool. I'm going to share my screen if everyone's ready. Perfect. Okay, can everyone see my deck? Yep. Okay, perfect. Okay, cool. Well, I'm so glad everyone's here. This is our fourth week, right, Emma? Yeah. Yeah. Fourth week. Um, thanks for hanging in there. So a couple of things we're going to go over today. First of all, I'm going to go over like my best practices in my 101 lesson on content marketing. Um, you hear co about content marketing a lot. Um, it works for all types of, you know, trying to reach customers, humans, trying to reach other businesses. So it's, it's a great, um, it's a great method just in general across the board. So I'm gonna go through my 101. Um, and then the next piece, piece two tonight is Lamar Hall will be joining us probably around seven o'clock. Um, he is gonna talk about SEO and all kinds of things, website and web. And I'm really excited. He is a super expert on this kind of thing. And he's a Davidson grad too. So I'm sure he's, Happy to talk career as well with anyone who is interested. Um, and then we'll take a break. And then just because tonight's a little bit clunky, not clunky, but because he's joining at seven and we kind of have some random pockets of time, what I thought I'd do is maybe for this the third part of class tonight, I will talk about marketing in real life. And I'll go through 10 real questions that I heard from real companies, real brands, real people over the last week. Um, and I will talk through my answers or my solutions to them just as a way to um, get you thinking about the practicality of some of these pieces that we've talked about. Um, so first things first, just a little bit of review from the last couple of weeks. And a key takeaway here is, as you know, before you market or sell anything, you know, you need to know who you are, 
You need to know your core messaging, your North Star pieces, and then who you need to and want to reach. Um, I really, like I've, I've said it before, I would challenge you to like, don't take any, don't make any moves marketing wise until you can clearly define these pieces. Um, because I really think that those pieces are foundational to taking action. So once you figure out those foundational pieces, you can create that strategy, take that action and connect with people. Um, and really, like we've talked about before, marketing is part strategy, part action. So those foundational pieces are clutch to the strategy, to the strategy piece, um, as well as then the action piece. Um, so over the next couple of weeks, obviously we've spent the first chunk of time talking about um, those foundational elements and the strategy and then moving forward tonight and Lamar is a perfect introduction to this conversation. We're gonna be talking about ways that you can start to take marketing actions when it comes to some of these pieces. So not only how you can take action and in, in the moves you can make, but also where and what platforms. Um, all with the idea, obviously, of, of making those connections with people. And so with that said, we have to be really cognizant about where people are um, and where, to my, to my earlier slide, you know, where your customers are and where and how they get their information. So these tend to be some of the heavy hitters when it comes to taking marketing um, action steps. So this is another thing to another kind of gut check for you as to, you know, do you have, do you have a platform for these? Is it clear? Is it organized? Um, and do you have a strategy for these pieces? Um, so the first thing is the website. I cannot say enough how important it is that you have some kind of website presence um, in that it looks and feels like you have spent some time on it because for a couple of reasons. One, it's credibility, it's your reputation, it's your brand equity. But two, it's also a really easy place to educate people um, on not only who you are, but also your products and your services. Um, I, what I sometimes see is people starting to market and they only have a landing page up. Um, and if you're new to this conversation, a landing page is literally when you type in a web address and you just land on one place. So it might say coming soon. It might say just like you're a brief marketing overview. It's just really like the basic of basic pieces. And that's fine if you're in pre-branding mode, but I, what I would really challenge you to think about is if you are in a marketing mode, you've got to make sure that that website is filled out um, really uh, full of the right information. And there are really clear call to actions on that page. So very clear directions on what you want people to do or where you want people to go or what kind of choices you want them to make. So I can't say enough about making sure that your website's in a really good place. And this is, I'd say this if, if this is your personal brand and it's your own website or if it's your product, service, what have you. This is also a really easy place too if you've had your website for a number of years, um, it might be time to refresh. 
Um, that's another thing I see often is people will have a website for like five years um, and their team has changed, their product has changed. Even, you know, if I if we had the same website that we had in February of 2020, our business is different now. So if you already have um, a company or a brand, this might be a really good time to just do a little bit of a gut check on the website. Um, social media, what I would make sure is get really clear on what handles and what platforms you want to be on. Um, we will talk about social media more next week. You do not have to play on every social media platform. I think there's this um, pressure to make sure that you're on a, uh, like a thriving presence on every platform. And um, that's not true. I would really challenge you to get very strategic about where you are on uh, when it comes to social media. The third piece, as we talked about last week, this is my like hat tip to Khalil is video. Um, video is becoming a, a, um, a marketing move and an action that people are taking. So I would think, again, it, I, it's appropriate for a lot of people and a lot of brands, um, but it might be a really great gut check for you to think about how, if and how you can use video um, responsibly and in a way that's going to push, you know, push your message forward and what's going to move the needle for you. Um, print. So sometimes I have to tell people what this is. Print is um, really any type of um, advertising, article, editorial, anything that is in a piece that is printed, whether it is um, printed by a magazine or a, or a newspaper or perhaps even just a flyer or a mailer that you get in the mail. Um, some people like dentist office offices, they still do really well with print. They do really well with mailers, which is why you probably get mailers from the orthodontist or the dentist is because that still works for that industry. So it's something to keep in mind for your industry. Again, is that an action that's appropriate? And then the last two pieces are um, a little bit more um, kind of like marketing 2.0. So think about, think about your partners and think about the people who you do business with and you are in relationship with. They can be oftentimes a lot of your marketing as well. Um, they can help spread the word. They can help share your work. Um, so don't underestimate the power of partners and the power of other people to help elevate your marketing message. And then the last piece is what it's like to work with you and to experience you. And when I say you in this context, I could mean you personally if, if you are the founder of this, but I mean you as in the brand. So a lot of your marketing is, you know, what it's like to experience you, what it's like to, um, to receive your product, you'll receive your service, um, really, again, what it's like to experience your brand in action is just as much a part of your marketing. Um, so that's another thing I'd like people just to become aware of when you think about taking actions Think about the strategic decisions and choices you can make as a brand that are going to help people either keep talking about you, keep shopping with you, keep coming back. Um, so content marketing is, this will be the first thing we kind of get through and this piece will come up a couple of different times. Um, but content marketing is really um, 
a strategic approach to marketing that focuses a lot on how you create and distribute content. Um, and really the idea is to um, attract an audience, to get people reading and engaging with your brand, but then again, get them to take some kind of action. So maybe that action is getting them to your website. Maybe that action is getting you to like a post. Um, a lot of that content marketing is there to deliver some kind of messaging to you and then get you to do something with that. Um, so what? So I say this and we've all been on Facebook or Instagram or even LinkedIn and we've seen content getting pushed to us. So that could mean a video, that could um, be a, a blog or some kind of data, one pager, case study, like really any type of content, reading material, things to think about. Um, and really the, the aspect, like what's important about that is that, you know, in that sense, content marketing is a really smart and powerful tool to connect with people. Um, what it does, three big things, it does lots of things, but the three biggest things is it's going to increase your brand awareness. So if you are releasing a blog once a week and you are putting that on all of your marketing channels, so your website, your social media, um, and you're consistent about it, and it's really good, high-quality content, you are going to get eyeballs. Like, at the end of the day, really good content will get eyeballs. So the brand awareness piece is key just to let people know who you are, what you do, and what you think about or write about. The next thing here is to engage people. So just like what I said, you, you want people to read your content and you want them to work with it. You also want them to be able to use that, you know, use those pieces to either share with other people um, so that you can expand that customer base. Um, we've all seen products or services that we've liked and we've shared. So maybe we shared something that we liked on Pinterest. Maybe we shared a blog post. When you do that, you're helping that brand expand their customer base. So the idea is that the, the more interesting or different or good content that you are creating, the more people are likely to not only engage with it, but also share it. And that's where you stand the chance of expanding to more like-minded people. And again, this stands a really good chance on not only the internet as a whole, but also on channels, especially like a LinkedIn um, or a Facebook. The third thing is, you know, a really special byproduct is that is that you generate sales. So the idea is that the more eyeballs you get on a website, the more likely somebody is to engage um, with your brand and make a purchasing choice. So the idea is too that if you are distributing content weekly, maybe sometimes even daily. I would not recommend that. Um, if you are delivering content on a consistent basis, you're going to get a consistent flow of people. Um, and hopefully they'll buy. That's, that's really the, the end game is that they buy and that they become a loyal follower of who you are. So if you think that um, content marketing is a thing of the last like 10 years, you're wrong. Um, this is to show how important this marketing strategy is to the way we experience um, things. So 
one of the earliest pieces of content marketing was actually Ben Franklin's Poor Richard's Almanac with a K, which he distributed in 1732. And it was a print piece that he used to generate business for his own printing business. Um, the second uh, like fun fact here is that the John Deere company first released their magazine, The Furrow, in 1895. Again, another piece of content, the magazine, um, as you can imagine, editorial pieces, products mentioned in it. And what's pretty cool is that John Deere um, still releases the Furrow magazine. So that's another huge piece of content that has become an anchor of their marketing strategy. And then the third piece, which is pretty cool and actually something that we see a lot of these days is um, free cookbooks and free recipes. So Jell-O was actually one of the first companies in 1904. They released a free cookbook um, to followers so that women, specifically at this time in history, um, women knew how to use gelatin um, in their cooking. So again, another key piece. The idea here, as you can see, is um, uh, the idea of distributing free content. So giving something that people can use and engage with as a way to become part of the brand more holistically. Um, this kind of is a nod to our idea that, that we want brands to be our friends. We want them to be our partners. We want them to live life with us. Um, and so each of these three pieces, though they have very different demographics and they were, you know, for the most part, different times in history, they all shared that same idea that, that they were there to, you know, they were free pieces that, that really spoke to people's lifestyles as well. So what shifted that is in the 90s and the 2000s, obviously, was the uh, emergence of the internet. And the internet and social media changed the game when it comes to content marketing. Um, as you can imagine, there became more places where we could see content. Um, and this is where we see um, in this day and age, a almost a race for distributing content um, because now content can get uploaded and shared at any point, anywhere in the world, um, relatively cheaply and um, that viral factor has become something that we talk about. Um, so that ends up being an important part of content marketing is how shareable and relatable is the content. So content marketing can be a really like, like a big thing to think about in the scheme of, of your marketing strategy. So what I want you to think about before you tackle any type of like writing or producing of content, I really want you again to kind of think of the strategy behind it. So I'm going to go through um, my five like anchor North Stars of content marketing strategy. Um, so really the most important thing here, as we've talked about, your customer is your number one priority. So the first thing you have to figure out is not only who your customer is and where they are interacting with you, whether that's a social media platform or your newsletter list or your website, you also have to figure out what kind of content they want from you. So what are they coming to you for? 
Um, and what's really special about this is that it actually depends on who you are as a company and it depends on what you care about as a company. So this goes back to those foundational pieces. If um, you're a teacher or an educator and those educational pieces and that mindset is a core value to what you do, I'm going to tell you that your content marketing has got to be some way to educate other people. It's got to be instructional. It's got to be generous with your knowledge. Like you just have to show up with content that you know your, your people, your customers come to you and trust you for. And that's a key part of the content marketing is that there's a lot of content all over the map at all times. There's also a very low barrier to entry here because everyone can distribute content does not, ever, does not mean everyone is a strong writer or thinker when it comes to the type of content that they're distributing. So this is where I challenge everybody to, to take an extra little bit of time to think about how you can really sharpen and smarten up that content so that it's high quality, it makes an impact, and it resonates with the right people at the right time. So obviously what's coming up right now when it comes to this is the holidays. So um, you're going to see a lot of guides to holiday shopping. You're going to see a lot of guides to holiday marketing, um, really because they're trying to hit, hit their customer with what they're thinking about right now. The second thing here is I want you to be really clear on what people, what you want people to do with this information. So not everyone's going to read a, an Instagram post and click on your shop and like buy right away. Um, that would be amazing if they did that, but that's not always the case. Um, so what you have to keep in mind is that maybe those first couple of posts, that first little bit of content is designed to warm people up to your brand. So maybe you don't want them to buy. Maybe you just want them to learn about who you are and give them the choice to explore more. So this is where I would always make sure that every piece of content that you distribute has some kind of... Um, call to action or some kind of next step. Um, we've all gotten to like the end of a show and it doesn't load another show. So we just stop. And the same theory is here. We have to send people somewhere. So I challenge everyone at the end of a post or at the end of a web page to be really clear on what you want that person to do, whether it is to read another blog, to hop over to your Instagram, to take a look at your product pages, send them somewhere else so they stay in your flow. But you have to be clear on what you want them to do and you have to just flat out show them. That's the other thing too. You can't assume that they figure it out. Everyone's busy. Everyone has a lot on their minds. Just tell them what you'd like them to figure out. The third piece here is, as we've talked about before, define consistency for your brand. Um, so one of the key pieces that we've talked about is, you know, somebody might show up really consistently for a whole quarter. Maybe it's like they're writing one blog a week or they're posting on Instagram once a week for, you know, three whole months. And that's great. And then they get busy and they vanish. Um, and that really messes with your overall strategy because it's messing with how you're choosing to educate and show up for your client, your customers or your potential customers. So again, get really clear on what consistency looks like. 
And we're actually going to talk about this as well, because one of the easy things you can do when it comes to content marketing is a content calendar. And we'll get to that point um, where we talk about that and I'll, we'll show you some tips and tricks. But that's the biggest thing is to really be strategic and plan out <laughs> a month or two in advance. And then the last two things here is really um, deciding what types of content you want to distribute. Um, so we talk a lot about different type, like different styles of content, and you hear a lot about long form comment content, which is you know when you're reading a blog that is over 1,500 words or close to 2,000. It's a it's a long form piece. Um, and this sometimes changes this. Um, I know a couple of years ago, long form blog posts were really trendy. And then people's attention spans started to change. And we started to see a flow back to short form. So blog posts that felt a little bit more accessible. So maybe 700 to 1000 words. Um, and then the last piece that I always like to include as a separate piece of content is the snackable content. So these are your 30 second videos. These are your social media captions. These are your pieces that feel snackable and bite size. They are just as important as your other forms of content that might be a little bit longer. The snackable pieces are also great for product pictures and photography. So if you're trying to get a message across with something that's really instant, this is where your visual assets will come in and this is where they're really important for that piece. Um, so just think if you are just starting out, think about what types of content make sense for your company or your brand. Um, if you are a product company, it makes, it makes a lot of sense to maybe do some short form blogs and then some snackable pieces like, um, like social media captions, product descriptions, um, short videos where you're showing how a product is used. Um, I'm never going to go on a product page and I'm very rarely going to want to read like a, a long form blog. Um, it just doesn't make sense. But perhaps if I'm a therapist or I am a personal brand, perhaps that long form is something that aligns with what my people are coming to me for um, and how I want to share my value. And the last thing here is for you to think about what your goal is when it comes to um, when it comes to content marketing. So this is another special place where goals will be very specific to who you are and what you do. Um, and again, what you're trying to achieve. Um, do you want people to buy? Do you want people to just figure out who you are and stay in your network so that they stay as warm connections. Um, like what's your goal? Um, and then the other piece when it comes to the success of content marketing is being really clear on what is successful to you and how you measure that. Um, you know, a lot of times you can measure um, the success of social media with things like impressions or reach, really that data information, but really get clear on what exactly you want social media to do, or I'm sorry, content marketing to do, and what uh, how you're going to measure that or what it means to be successful. 
The last piece that I'll say here too is that this is a long game. And I know I've said this with marketing just in general, but you can't expect to get on social media for a month and have 5,000 followers or even 1,000 followers. Um, if you're doing it organically and you're not paying for followers or paying for engagement, the idea is that this is the long, this is a long goal. And so your content marketing strategy has got to be built for the long term. And you've got to make sure that you're cognizant of, you know, what are we doing this quarter, but then what are we doing next quarter as well? Um, and this is the place where if you're just starting out, you can easily get discouraged. And my biggest piece of advice is don't get discouraged. Um, you just have to keep at it because as you know, when brands keep showing up for you and keep giving you content, you will keep responding. Um, but if the brand is not showing up, you can't do anything. So this is the point where you really have to be aware of, of planning six months out or even a year out. Um, maybe not to this specific day, but just have a general idea or a picture at, at the end of the, the six month period know where you want to be and, and what that goal is. So I will, I have a quick case study here, but I just want to check in um, really quickly. Um, Emma, did Lamar join yet? Um, someone joined on. I'm not sure if it's Lamar because it says MedRank Interactive. Um, so I didn't want to interrupt. It is. That it's wasn't Lamar. It. Okay, great. Then Lamar is here. Welcome, Lamar. Lamar, you are you here? Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> I was just listening. <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, I will pause mine because I want to respect your time. I'm so glad you're here. Um, I have your slides. Can you see my screen, Lamar? Uh, I cannot see your screen. But I, I actually updated my slides. Am I able to share my screen? If you do a new new screen share, since he joined after you started sharing, just go back up and say new screen share in the same spot, then he'll be able to see it. Let me see if I can also maybe make Lamar a co-host and then he should be able to share his own slides. Let's try this. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, Lamar, try now and see if you're able to share your screen. And Meg, you may wanna just stop sharing first so that they I'll don't stop. interfere. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, there we go. Okay, can you guys see my screen? Yeah, awesome. Oh, right. Beautiful. Okay, wait, before yeah. you launch into this, Lamar, let me let me um, let me introduce you. Um, so Lamar, there he is. Um, so I met Lamar probably what, six months ago? Yeah, I'm um, Yeah, and we actually met through another Davidson grad. I think Will is 2017, 16 or 17. He's younger. He's younger than us. Um, and Will introduced us and um, I support Will. Will has a, a company, it's a dental, a dental pro, it's an application for dental pros. But that's all to say that um, Lamar had been supporting Will on some SEO work and that's how I met Lamar. Um, and he and I have had several calls and we've done some work together. So I trust his advice and his expertise when it comes to SEO and web and social and all the things, which is why I thought he would be great for this group. Um, 
So I will turn it over to you, Lamar, and I'll just let you drive. Um, and then, um, do you need me, Lamar, do you need me to watch the chat for you too? Yes, if you don't mind. I'm, I'm going to try okay. to have a little bit of engagement for sure. Okay, cool. I have one job right now, and that's to watch the chat. I'll turn it over <laughs> to you. And if you need anything, Meg, I'll be here as well to help out. Okay, cool. Thanks, back. Emma. Perfect. Thank you. All right, Lamar, it's all you, my friend. Awesome. Well, Meg, just uh, thanks again for having me on this uh, this class with the Davidson students. Um, so I'm excited to just really uh, kind of join you guys and give you some insights on uh, you know, a marketing strategy that I, I love um, dear to my heart because I've been doing it for 12 plus years and, um, and I just love helping businesses grow through uh, SEO. So um, I have a few slides. I'm not going to try to bore you guys. I'm just going to try to get through, you know, just to give you some good insights and then also have some engagement um, just to make sure that we're all still awake. <laughs> I know it's uh, what's what seven o'clock at this point. So um, I wake up at 4 a.m. So when it gets around seven to eight, um, it's past my bedtime. So I'll try to keep everyone engaged. All right, so um, so as Meg mentioned, I'm Lamar with MedRank Interactive. We are, we are a, uh, a digital marketing agency that really helps medical practices, uh, more specifically multi-location medical practices, uh, dentists and independent physicians with their marketing strategies. And I found out this company back in 2005 and the original name was Organic Clicks. So we took on any and every type of client to help them with their SEO. <clears throat> and I'll get obviously into more detail about what SEO is and, and user experience and how those two relate with each other. Um, but uh, we, we pivoted about two years ago to focus uh, only helping medical practices because we, we found our sweet spot and that was the niche we wanted to go after. So in this presentation, I'm just gonna talk through you know, how we really help a lot of these medical practices grow. All right. <clears throat> All right. So a little bit about me. Um, so that's my family, the top, top picture on the left. So I'm going to try to give you a, a journey of kind of my past and my experiences. Um, and so that's my family. So that's my why. That's, that's the why behind why I do everything. And so I love basketball and basketball has been a part of my life since I was probably 10 years old. And um, I'm from Maiden, North Carolina. It's outside of Gastonia. So it's near Newton, the Hickory, kind of going into the Boone area. And uh, Maiden is a small town. It's like 3,000 people. It's literally two stoplights and you're through the town. And um, it's known for the biggest football town in, in the world. Um, I don't know how they got that name, but uh, they, they, they're known for having really good football teams. Anyway, so Maiden, uh, really, I, I learned a lot about myself in Maiden, North Carolina, because it was, there was just a lot of talented athletes. And so I fell in love with basketball because I'm short, I'm 5'9", I'm not very tall at all. So I don't have the, 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 the basketball stature. Um, so I had a chip on my shoulder at a young age just to be better than anyone I played against. Um, so uh, I dated a girl in high school and she, her, so her brothers went to Davidson. And so I'm alumni of Davidson College and uh, she went, so her brothers went to Davidson. They were all stars there, they played football. And because I love basketball, I always heard about Coach McKillop uh, getting uh, a lot of his U.S. players contracts overseas to play basketball. Now, again, I'm 5'9", so I didn't expect to make the NBA, but I had aspirations to be some type of professional athlete. And so knowing that connection that he had um, to get his 
collegiate athletes um, to uh, Europe to play professionally, I knew I wanted to go to Davidson. And yes, that was my mindset, just to go to Davidson to play basketball so I can play overseas. <laughs> but I didn't realize how hard Davidson was, <laughs> like the rigorous study. Uh, but it really challenged me to think differently about, uh, to look back in hindsight and understand that uh, the way, the reason why I'm able to run an agency today is because of Davidson. So uh, now that I think about it, you know, I went from, you know, class early in the morning to lab in the afternoon. And then I had to, you know, go practice and show up. And that was two to three hours and then turn around and have to study and then do that over and over again. So thinking about my experience at Davidson um, College was amazing because it prepared me to be able to run this agency. And so from Davidson, um, as you can see, I played with Steph Curry for one year. Uh, Steph was amazing. Um, got to play with Brendan Winters, who also um, uh, was an all-time leading scorer at Davidson College. So around great, amazing people. And from Davidson, I transitioned. Um, as I mentioned, Coach McKillop was able to get me a contract overseas in England. So I'm, I'm forever uh, grateful for that opportunity. And after playing one year overseas, um, started having a family, came back to the U.S., and didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. I was a biology major. Um, I kind of missed the boat of going to uh, pharmacy school. And um, so I just had to figure it out. So honestly, I searched in Google, the best place to work in Charlotte. Red Ventures came up. I'm not sure um, how many of you are familiar with Red Ventures. It's a big marketing agency in South Charlotte. And uh, that was one of my first jobs. And they are amazing when it comes to uh, internal marketing. They work with a lot of big telecommunication brands such as DirecTV, uh, Verizon Wireless and so forth. And um, I transitioned to the corporate corporate environment where I learned that was my first role was an SEO specialist. So I really learned the importance of SEO and how it related to a lot of these big brands. And so I fell in love with SEO. So, and to me as a basketball player, the competition or being a competitor on the court, I saw you could be a, comp a competitor with marketing as well because we had to help, help direct TV compete against um, you know, other satellite providers like Dish and, and Comcast and these other uh, big TV television brands. And so in the midst of working um, as an SEO specialist at Red Ventures, I kind of worked my way up the ranks. I became an SEO manager and then an SEO director. And then I created this website called Inspirational Basketball. So how this all ties in together, um, I, I started coaching youth basketball with pro skills. And ProSkills um, was founded by Brendan Winters, who's also a Davidson alum that I mentioned earlier. And so I took my basketball experience also with what I learned was learning at uh, Red Ventures as an SEO specialist. Um, and then also just my passion for helping um, young players. I created this basketball website. And the beauty of that is I learned my passion over again outside of just playing sports that um, SEO was it because I saw creating this basketball website, it impacted a lot of young players. Um, I got it to rank in Google. Um, I was getting a lot of, uh, you know, youth basketball players, their parents reaching out to me to help them, you know, help their kids become um, professional athletes or collegiate athletes and so forth. Um, from Red Ventures, um, about after five years, uh, took a leap of faith. And it was because I was getting a lot of um, opportunities from friends who were referring uh, local businesses to me to do SEO because I started to get known as the SEO specialist in Charlotte. And so I started a little side business. And uh, again, as you can see the brand there, Organic Clicks was uh, the parent company, which then transitioned to, to Midrange two years ago. But my passion for SEO didn't stop there. I got my MBA in internet marketing. 
so long story short, like just my experiences, um, you know, through Maiden all the way to Red Ventures to Davidson, it really helped me kind of foster this passion for, for marketing and SEO um, that allows me to be where I am today. And again, my why is my family to help me continue to uh, put behind, you know, uh, long hours to be successful uh, for them. So hopefully that gives you some good insights of, you know, who I am, uh, you know, where I've been and uh, my passions. So we'll jump into SEO, which is what you guys um, are here for to really learn about. Um, so SEO, does anybody know what SEO stands for? This was our pop quiz last week, so somebody should reply. Yeah, so give me a yes for a yes and then no for no if you have no idea what. Um, yeah, thumbs up, thumbs down. We'll, we'll do that. That'll make it easy. Awesome. Um, so SEO, as, you, as a lot of you guys um, uh, raise your thumbs up, is search engine optimization. And the purpose of SEO is really, it's so valuable because Google dominates the landscape. Um, and even search share. So it's almost 70, to, excuse me, 80% in terms of where people go to find the information they're looking for. And so what we focus on is all these core strategies that you see on my screen here. And we'll talk about each one um, briefly, but uh, I'm gonna hit on some, uh, you know, just some uh, crucial points to each strategy. So on-site optimization is really taking keywords and connecting your vision or your intent of your content um, with Google's uh, algorithm. And so we'll speak more about that. Mobile friendliness is really making sure that your, uh, your website is mobile responsive. It adjusts to any device that your um, audience is on because if they have a bad mobile experience, um, it's not gonna perform well from an SEO standpoint. User experience is really what we'll talk about and that's just the engagement piece. If you can rank in Google for your targeted keywords and you can keep people on your site, that's, that's user experience um, at its best. Um, search accessibility is really how are you optimizing your website from an SEO standpoint um, to make sure that Google understands uh, what you're trying to accomplish. Content, as Meg, I'm sure, alluded to and really gave you guys some really, really sound insights on. Um, what we focus on is really optimizing the content with the targeted keywords, um, making it valuable content because content is king. And when it comes to marketing, if you can tell a story and show Google how it's relevant um, from a keyword at a keyword level, you're going to uh, do great things for um, your content and clients. If you do work, if you do have clients, social media is a big part of that as well because you can rank your website in Google, but Google's algorithm has 250 factors to determine how and when you're going to rank. If you don't get social media traffic to that website, it's going to cause you know some disparity of your results versus your competition. Uh, your backlink profile is really all about, it's a popular, Google's a popularity contest online. So essentially, the more people you get to talk about your brand on their website, the more Google's going to trust your website and rank it higher in the search results for your targeted keywords. Keyword research is imperative because if you don't know what people are searching for, um, you can't optimize your content uh, based on their intent and uh, what they're searching for in a timely, in a timely fashion. Uh, speed is, is critical because the threshold of the speed of your website should be four seconds or less. And that's crucial when it comes to user experience and user behavior. Uh, we'll talk more about that. And then lastly, local optimization. So local SEO is what we focus on. And local SEO is really uh, making sure uh, local businesses rank for keywords within the search results that there, where there's a keyword and a location attached to it. Um, so in this example, as we, as we go through um, we'll talk about a dentist in Davison for, for giggles. 
Um, poll, so we're gonna run a quick poll again. So thumbs up, thumbs down. How many, how many of you guys go to the, let's say you go to Google and you're searching for a specific item. Maybe it's a, some you know, shoes or, or it's a shirt or even a, a service provider like a dentist. How many of you will go to the second and third page of Google um, to continue to find what you need or do you stay on the first page? So raise your hand if you, if you go to the first page and stop. Uh, raise your, or so thumbs up. And then if you go to second and third page, uh, typically uh, give me a thumbs down. So most of everybody, they stay on the first page, right? Why? Oh, okay. So you, you'll, you'll go to second and third. Okay. And, and there's typically going to be a, you know, a 2% or 3% um, of the audience who will continue to search. But most people, I would say 70, 67% will go to uh, the first page of Google uh, because they need what they need in a timely fashion. They're looking, we're all busy, right? We're running hundred miles an hour. We need what we need when, we, when we're searching for it. And typically Google is going to show you insights on the first page that they may not show you on second and third as the results get watered down a little bit. Um, so we'll move into the why of SEO. So I'll tell you a quick story. So uh, Friendly Dental, ha has anyone heard of that dental practice in Charlotte? No, okay. So, so Meg's heard of them. So Friendly Dental is a, they're pretty much a, they're, they're a dental practice that focuses on general dentistry. Um, so that's your, you know, your teeth whitening, uh, your, um, you know, let's say your crowns, your dentures, and those more, uh, less complex treatments. Um, and so they were a client of ours back in 2016. So this graph here that you see is their traffic trajectory just from Google. So that has nothing to do with SEO or sorry, social media, uh, paid advertisement, um, any of that, any of those other marketing channels. This was all Google and content marketing. So the beauty of that graph is that they went from 800 searches from just, and at that time they had 12 locations back in 2016 when they hired us. And they were getting around 800 visits in Google per month. So 800 people were visiting their, their website on average just from Google. So let's fast forward three months or sorry, three years later, they went from 800 to 16,000 a month. So imagine what that did to their business. They went from booking, you know, let's say three weeks out, they're now booking three to four months out. So they're, they're getting new patients so consistently because the beauty of Google is that it's very intent-based and timely. So when someone searches for a dentist in Davidson, they're searching for a dentist in Davidson, they're searching for their intent is to find a Davidson a dentist around the Davidson area, but it's also timely because they need a dentist now, right? So this traffic was huge for them. They were booking out months in advance. And then also they went from 12 locations to 40 within that time frame. So that was just the impact of uh, SEO. And so again, leads, customer sales, profit. And the beauty of SEO is if you can, if you really track it, and we'll talk about analytics later on, if you really track the data and the numbers, you can make a lot of money from offering just SEO. It does take longer to get results like you see here. It took you know three years, but they saw the consistent growth and we can charge what we wanna charge because they see the value. Um, so the beauty of this is again, it's, it's high value, high impact, um, but then also um, you, can, you can make a quality living off of SEO. All right, so let's talk about the two main differences between uh, two strategies that we focus on is on-page and off-page. All right, on-page. On so keywords, 
the keywords again, I, I, I discussed earlier on, on this call is keywords is really, it, it drives everything when it comes to on page. We use tools um, like SimRush, uh, Hrefs. These tools, you can plug in one keyword such as Dentist Davidson. It will tell you how much search volume that keyword gets, the cost per click for that keyword within Google's ad, uh, Google ad um, campaigns or landscapes. It will tell you just the authority of that keyword based on how many people are searching it. And so you can really create a map structure of all the different keywords. And the beauty of keywords, this is why I love talking about this is because there's a main level keyword such as Dentist Davidson. And then you have all your variation keywords such as Friendly Dentist Davidson, uh, Affordable Dentist Davidson, um, Cosmetic Dentist Davidson. So they all mean some of the same things, but there's modifiers that are added to these keywords that you have to really pay attention to. And so all this to say is keyword intent and keyword intent just means if we're working with a dentist in Davidson, if that dentist does not take Medicaid, they only focus on you know, co their cosmetic dentistry, like your more, uh, more complex treatments. They do not want someone searching Medicaid dentist in Davidson to find their website, right? Because they're gonna get the wrong customers because that intent is so important. So we wanna make sure we're, we're intentional about the keywords we're finding and then optimizing on their website. So a good transition to keyword optimization. So the image to the left really shows you some of the key elements of to you know, focus on when you're optimizing a landing page. So the URL structure is very important. So for example, let's say dentistdavidson.com is our, our targeted URL. So when someone searches for dentist, let's say dental implants Davidson, we want to make that URL say dentistdavidson.com forward slash dental implants Davidson. At the end of that domain, that key, the keyword and the locations are included. So that tells Google pretty quickly that this page is about a dentist who offers dental implants. Uh, there's so many different elements such as the image below, uh, the image above, you can see title tags. So that title right there which says on page ranking factors, SEO, that's the title of the page. You wanna make sure you include your keywords at the very beginning. Um, the little uh, description with the red box around it, that is the meta description. You wanna use your keywords um, within that meta description. Now, there's so many different optimization strategies. I won't go through all of them, but you wanna do this in a natural way. What we see a lot of times is that people will stuff keywords on a website and Google's gonna frown upon that. So like, for example, let's say, like let's say that Dentist Davidson example, someone just put Dentist Davidson in the title and that's all it said. Google will frown upon that because it's not a natural title. It could be, you know, Dr. Dastrup is the best dentist in Davidson as a title. <laughs> so that, that's an example where um, you're, you're, you're using natural language and Google's not looking at your page title as more of a spammy tactic. User engagement is, is so important when it comes to keyword optimization, uh, SEO. So what you wanna include on your pages, which I'm sure Meg talked about is images, um, videos and so forth. Because if you can rank a landing page in Google and also show videos and images to keep them engaged, that's gonna keep people on your website and Google loves that. Because what Google's gonna look at is, well, for this keyword, this page uh, matches that search and then their users are staying on that, that landing page. So that is very important to help Google understand the relevancy. All right, now we're gonna to move to on-page versus off-page. So uh, I hope you guys have a good gist of just on-page marketing strategies. It's really all, it's really based on keywords. 
And we'll, we'll talk a little more about um, some of the other on-page strategies. Off-page is more about uh, what you do off the website. So again, as I mentioned, Google's like a popularity contest. The more people you can get to mention um, your website, uh, you're going you're gonna to win favoritism within the Google search results for the targeted keywords you're trying to rank for. So it's all about website relationships. Link building, there's, so I'm not going to go through this whole list, but I'm going to give you two examples. Link building is amazing because it's a unique process, but a more, it's the most timely process. So most agencies don't do this because it takes time. You have to reach out to websites and add value to get your um, website mentioned. Um, so I'll show you some examples, um, but just a, a raise of hand. So thumbs up, thumbs down. If your website, let's say each one of you had a blog, right? And your blog was mentioned on Forbes versus uh, Joe's blog down the street. Joe's just a local blogger, right? He's a, he's a college student at Davidson and he just blogs for fun. Do you think Google's going to value your blog on Forbes more or on uh, Joe's blog? So give me a thumbs down for Joe's blog. Give me a thumbs up for Forbes. Exactly, Forbes. <laughs> Forbes, is, Forbes is a powerhouse website. Um, so it's, all, it's not just about the quantity of uh, mentions you get on other websites. It's also about um, the authority of those websites that you get mentioned on. So to give you a little bit more context of backlinks, so I'm sure you've been to a website and you've seen text that's like in the content, you'll see text that's blue or highlighted. So if you click on that text, that text then redirects you to another website. So that's a backlink. So that all it is is really another website redirecting you to uh, another website. So Google, you're essentially that website's passing authority from one website to another and Google really values that. So to give you an example of link building. So I love this conversation, especially with uh, you know, Davidson students where uh, I know some of you may be looking at scholarship opportunities. So what we do as a link building strategy for our, our dentists is we'll create a landing page on their website that says scholarship. And that landing page on their website said, well, well, there's a topic or an essay that the content will say, um, write an essay of why you want to become a dentist in the dental industry. Um, and what we'll do is we'll take that landing page and we'll reach out to all the different colleges and universities that we have relationships with. So we have, a, we have relationships with over a thousand universities around the US and all of those websites have a, a general scholarship page. So this, so for example, Davidson will have a general scholarship page. If you go to that website, you can see a list of just general scholarships that you can apply for and win additional money for your tuition or you know, for it to pay off books or whatever the case may be. And so what we'll do is we'll get these .edu websites to mention our client's scholarship landing page. And it's not a sales strategy, but it's more of a branding strategy because imagine all these dot, all these colleges, you know, mentioning Davison.edu and their scholarship landing page. That's going to drive a, a lot of brand awareness and authority in their in the Davison community because Google's going to notice all these Davison, um, you know, all these applicants are applying for this Davison scholarship, and they're going to value that as they're involved in the community. We want to rank them. Uh, we want to rank that uh, dentist in you know, the Davidson area. And there's, it's more of a complex strategy than that, but all these .edu websites have so much authority that it's a very viable uh, link building strategy. So this is one you guys, so there's two concepts to this one, right? So like 
I'm gonna give you two scenarios for this link building strategy. So this is called an infographic, the, the visual image that you see. And so the point of this is to showcase how I got hired by creating an infographic by one of the top SEO agencies um, in the US, but we use this same strategy for our clients. So this is an infographic I created back in, I think it was like six or seven years ago. So all it is is a visual asset. So it's a visual story. So it just tells you a story um, instead of writing, you know, let's say, let's say Meg writes 1500 words um, and that's a lot of content and it could be a lot of great content, but then we could create an infographic for Meg's content that makes that story more concise in a visual form and add it within her content. That's going to be very valuable because they can read the content and get the full, you know, context of the story then they can go to the image and really get in a more concise version. So all this is is an infographics, a visual uh, story and a concise uh, version. And so what I use, so I would recommend, so write this down. If you take anything from this um, call, there's a website called Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. There's another website called peopleperhour.com. And these are websites where you can hire freelancers to create an uh, infographic and it's just a graphical asset. And I use that, uh, I use fiverr.com to create this infographic. And you wouldn't believe like this company was, I got called in to be a junior SEO specialist. I was, they were flying me out to San Diego, California. Um, and I was so excited, but I was like, the cost of living is, is ridiculous. Like living in California versus Charlotte is a different kind of different animal. And so I was like, I have to make X to make this work. And so I created an infographic just to kind of showcase, you know, more skill set um, in my marketing strategies. All I did was I didn't even bring a resume. I went through this infographic and showcased and demonstrated my points of why I should get hired. They hired me on the spot. They offered me almost $50,000 more just because of this presentation. Because every other applicant came in and they were just, you know, reading the resume and, and going through a more traditional process. And this won me that job. Now, funny story, I didn't take the job. <laughs> I started my own agency. But uh, the point of this is that it can help you stand out. And it also helps our clients stand out. So what we do is we create an infographic. For example, we have an orthodontist. Most of you may know Limeburger Orthodontics. They're in Huntersville. They have a location in Mooresville and Charlotte. Um, great uh, Limeburger Orthodontics is a great uh, orthodontics practice. And we create an infographic for them of why uh, you should go see the orthodontics by H7. And so with this infographic, it's a visual image. And if you can see this embed code at the bottom of the infographic, essentially this embed code is everything. So it'll have a link to the image, a link to their website, and essentially we'll reach out to a ton of uh, orthodontics bloggers and say, hey, you're writing about why you should um, see an orthodontist by H7 can you link to this uh, graphical asset to tell your story in a more concise way? Once they take that embed code, put it on their website, literally the image pops up on their website. And at the bottom of the image, it says courtesy of the domain of our client. And if someone's on that website, it's a backlink and it's an amazing strategy. So, so this is just a cool infographic and link building strategy that we use for a lot of our clients. All right, we'll jump into local SEO. Does any, like, so raise your hand if you, like, if you know the difference between, raise your hand if, if you do or if you don't, or down if you don't, if you know the difference between 
SEO, so general SEO versus local SEO. So general for, if you know what local SEO is, put your thumb up, thumbs up. And then if you don't know what local SEO is, put your thumbs down. Okay, all right, good poll there. Um, so local SEO, all it is is you're adding a location on the end of your keyword when you search in Google. So general SEO is you can search for, let's say buy black shoes, right? Like if you search buy black shoes in Google, you're gonna get Amazon, you're gonna get you know, all these different websites. You may get Kohl's or some other website that sells black shoes. But if you search buy black shoes in Charlotte, you're gonna get all local stores in Charlotte because Google's trying to uh, find a business that's the proximity of uh, the business is near, near where you are, your location. So in this example here, so this is Dentist Canapolis MC. So the keyword is dentist, the location is Canapolis. So Friendly Dental again is one of our clients and you can see there in that little box, that's the local three pack. Above that is Google Ads. And below that, you have the top 10 websites. So this is all on the first page of Google. So our focus from a local SEO standpoint is when someone searches this, their targeted keyword in their location, we want to show a Google ad. Um, and then also in those three, in that little local three box where you see those three listings, that's their Google My Business profile. So we want to rank that profile in that section. And then on top of that, we want to rank their website under that little box there. So when you do that, that is dominating the landscape of Google. So if, you, if your website is being uh, displayed in these three areas, guess who people are gonna pick? They're gonna pick you know, your business because you're dominating the space. So local SEO again is when you have a keyword and you add a location to the end of it. So real quick, just how local SEO is determined in terms of how you rank in the search results. So the biggest thing I've, I've mentioned, some of these things, you know, backlinks, reviews is imperative. So it doesn't matter how many leads we send a dentist um, because they're ranking in Google. If their reputation um, doesn't stand out, they're gonna, they're gonna lose out on conversions. So some quick stats, 72% of consumers trust online reviews as much as personal recommendations. 68% of consumers go to social network sites to read product reviews. 90% of consumers say that positive online reviews influence their buying decisions. So that's imperative. Your reviews doesn't matter. You know, if you're ranking in Google, you have to have a good reputation. So one thing that we use for a lot of our clients is a tool that sends out text messaging um, as a part of our review strategy. That tool is called My Social Practice. And essentially it will send out text messages to the client and they can click on a link in their, in their text and it will take them directly to the client's Google My Business profile, Facebook profile, or Yelp profile to leave a review within 20 seconds. And that's so key because let's say any of you guys were, you know, a, a business owner, right? If you ask Susie, who's in your business using your service uh, to leave a review, it's the, the percentages are less than 2% chance she's going to leave a review unless she's super happy or super angry just because she's just busy. But if you send her a text message, um, it's less than uh, the the percentages increase to forty percent. The she, chance that she's going to leave a review because it's more efficient, more convenient for her. So reviews are very critical. So that's the most important part of kind of making sure that your ranking in Google is consistent reviews on your profiles. All right, analytics. Okay, so 
we use a lot of tools to really um, track data. Um, that's important. And SEO is one of those strategies where it's hard to track and measure because the, the Google rankings will fluctuate um, almost every day. So you could rank a client for, again, dentists and Davidson at the top of Google, but tomorrow they can, so today they could be in the number one position. Tomorrow they can be in the second position. It will fluctuate, but um, it's typically, it's consistent with the top three or top five that you're seeing. But my point there is it's hard to really track unless you're really focused on conversions. So what we do is we have a CRM where we track every lead that comes from Google. So we have a call tracking system. So when that, that call comes from Google, we have a dynamic um, switch of the phone number. So for example, if you go to Google, you find our client and you click on their website on your smartphone and you click call, you're gonna see a different number than what's actually on their website. And when you call that number, that is gonna tell us that someone called from Google. So we're able to track at that level. And so we then have our clients update the CRM when that phone call comes into that tracking system. And that tell, they're able to update that um, CRM to say, this was an actual booked appointment. And that helps us understand the value of our keyword rankings because we can track it at a keyword level. And then Google Analytics is amazing. It can do all types of things. So you can track if someone goes on your client's website and they fill out a form submission. So for example, a lot of our clients are again our dentists. So if they go into the book appointment page and they fill out a form and click submit, Google, Google Analytics allows us to track that form submission all the way down from that that form submission came from Google, Facebook, or any other marketing channel. So we can really show an ROI and track that data from an SEO's perspective. And then as you um, get more rankings in Google for all your targeted keywords, you'll see these KPIs and metrics go up, such as uh, page views, average time on site, uh, percentage of new visitors and bounce rate and so forth. So analytics, you can, you can track at a very granular level, but it's, it's probably the, one of the most important things you have to do with SEO to show your value. Because if someone's getting rankings for the wrong keywords because the, the intent is different from what they expect, then you're gonna have issues. <laughs> so uh, tracking at that level from a, at a keyword level is very important. Here are some of the tools that we use um, within our agency. So SimRush, um, Ahrefs, Google Analytics, CallRail, Bustring. So some of the most important tools that we use. So SimRush and Ahrefs are very similar. So you can, so like, let's, for example, we'll use a, uh, the Davidson um, dentist example. If you throw in a keyword such as dentist Davidson, it, these two tools, SimRush and Ahrefs will spit out all the keyword data, search volume for those keywords, all the variations of those keywords, the competition of those keywords, the keyword ranking difficulty. So it'll show you a lot of data that you can use to you know, execute on your, your website to rank them within the search results. As I mentioned earlier, Google Analytics will tell you how your website's performing, um, what your audience behavior is as it relates to uh, you ranking for keywords. Um, and then it does all types of, um, you can produce reports that shows you all type of um, KPIs and key performance indicators um, and just measure that. CallRail is our tracking system to, that we track calls at a keyword level um, based on them coming through Google. And then Buzzstream is a great tool as well to outreach to websites like uh, universities. So we'll put, um, we have our team collect all the universities that have a general scholarship page and then reach out to them to get our clients to mention on their, uh, their website. So it's, it's more of like an outreach system, um, but it does a lot of the emailing for you on your behalf. 
lastly, um, to conclude this, uh, this class, for, you know, from my perspective, on my end, so some really interesting facts. So 91% of millennials expect to stay in a job less than three years. So I'm considered a millennial. 78% uh, of millennials uh, would rather spend money on an event or over buying something. This one was key for me. 54% of millennials either want to start their own business or have already started one. 45% uh, of millennials will choose workplace flexibility over pay. So I'm sure May can relate to this a lot as well. Like it's a lot of hard work to run, excuse me, run your own business. But, you know, like I mentioned earlier, for three or four years, I, I would wake up at 4 a.m. and work to 6 p.m. It's just because the hunger um, of wanting to call my call the own shots, you know, call my shots, um, be being able to make an impact in the community uh, where I'm the driver of that. And then just seeing my clients get happy about their business growing, there's nothing better than that. And then again, back to my why of just being able to work for my family to create a life um, for them. So uh, to conclude is dream big, work hard, have faith, you know, believe in yourself. Uh, it takes a lot of hard work and it takes guts. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of, uh, I'm sure you guys are students, you're thinking about the next step um, for your career and your, your, your path um, and your future. Um, anything's possible. And uh, thank you again for, for your time. You did great, Lamar. Oh my gosh, I am so happy we're here. Um, I know there are some questions that, that everyone has. Um, so I'll turn it over to, to the class in a second. But first question for me, and is really, you know, if I'm just getting started, like, you know, I'm having my first website, first social channels, like what's my first move you think when it comes to SEO or social or, or really anything that you talked about? Like what are those like first couple moves I should think about um, when it comes to this stuff? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. Honestly, I wouldn't even tell someone to focus on SEO. I would tell them to focus on quality mm -hmm. um, and relationships. So what I mean by that is produce the best content. I'm sure that Meg, you know, Meg talked to you guys about that before I got on. Producing the best content is SEO in itself. Um, you can go into Google without having all these tools that I mentioned and search a keyword. So you can search that keyword and you can see what everyone else is saying within their page titles, their meta descriptions, their content, and then you can create your content. So here's, here's an example. So if you're gonna write, a web, or if you're gonna create a website and write content, whatever your content's gonna be about, you search that, that topic in Google. What you wanna do is you wanna look at the top 10 search results on that first page, go through every one of them and see everything that they're talking about, every single header, um, every single subtopic and say, how can I create content to Meg's point, 1500, 2000 words, that's better than all, all top 10. If you do that, you won't need to really focus specifically on SEO because it's, the quality is gonna speak for itself. Um, and then the other part of that is relationships. I can't say this <laughs> enough, like the more relationships you can build in the community, going to events, obviously with COVID things have changed, so get on your Zoom calls, be a part of the ecosystem of Charlotte in terms of all the amazing entrepreneurs. There's, there's, if you go to, <clears throat> excuse me, if you go to Meetup, and type in whatever your targeted, you know, subject is, you'll find a lot of meetup groups that are having Zoom calls right now. 
um, that if you can get on, you know, get your name out there, because what's going to happen is you're going to build relationships with people that could be an editor of a blog or could be, you know, a, uh, you know, they're an analyst at a news station that thinks, that thinks your story is great and they want to promote that on digital uh, or, you know, some other news um, press release uh, opportunity. So if you build those relationships, you're going to be able to thrive without having to focus heavily on marketing, marketing that blog and the quality of it. And then as you grow your business, as you grow your relationships, then you can say, how do I take this to the next level? And that's where you can really focus on your SEO and other marketing strategies. Branding, I would say the last thing is branding and messaging, really understanding what's your voice, your tone, uh, your messages to your audience, and then keeping that consistent across all marketing channels on uh, Google, on your website, and also to Meg's point, social media. Uh, and then really be intentional about following others, interacting and engaging with them on their social media platforms, um, and not, not asking for anything. So here's what I've learned in, you know, my businesses. I try, like, I try to add so much value and not ask for anything where it, it'll come back 10 times. Like I get so like, at first I was struggling to really understand that. And what I mean is I was getting a, you know, when I first started, I was probably getting one client every six months. And it was a hard, like getting new clients starting out. Uh, like I didn't know if my business was gonna survive. Then when I switched the mindset of building relationships, adding value. So like people would reach out to me about marketing and I would help them for free. I would give them free advice help, you know, grow their business. And now I get by doing that to, you know, for multiple people or connecting them with somebody that can impact their business. I get so many leads. I can't even take them all on. So my point there is continue to add quality um, to your content, branding and messaging consistent across all your platforms, build those relationships. It'll, it'll, it'll make a huge impact and don't ask for anything. It'll come back to you. Yeah. That is really good advice. And I believe that too, that happened to me as well. You kind of have to give away a lot for free and just trust, have faith and trust. It'll come back. It'll, it will come back to you for sure. Um, uh, questions for Lamar. I'll open it up. Um, Lamar, if you don't mind maybe taking a couple of student cues. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any questions for Lamar right now? Um, I think, oh, oh, there we go. I was gonna say, I think Isabella raised her hand. Oh, so I'm sorry, I Isabella. I see oh, you now. <laughs> go for it. Okay, I think someone asked this in the chat, but um, what was your major at Davidson? I was a biology major. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> quick story. Um, I don't even know like how, like, well, so when I was in high school, my basketball coach, was like, what do you want to do in college? And I had no idea. All I knew, as I mentioned earlier, I wanted to play basketball. And he took me to this guy's house. He was a pharmacist in Lake Norman. And he had a mansion. He had a Ferrari in his driveway. And I was like, what does he do for a living? He was like, he's a, he was a biology major and became a pharmacist. So long story short, <laughs> I wanted to become a pharmacist at first. So I was a biology major because I was chasing the money. <laughs> and I saw what he had. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, any other questions, SEO, user experience cues for Lamar? I have a question. 
Yes. Um, I am interested in web design as well, and I'm an English major. So what is your advice to like getting those skills, but not like being a computer science major? You know what I mean? Like, how did you like develop those skills? Yeah, that's a really good question, Hope. So, um, you know, I can just think about my story. So like I had I had no idea what SEO was. I thought, honestly, I thought when I first went to Red Shoes, I thought SEO was just a different type of CEO <laughs> just because they had the same similar acronyms. <laughs> and so when I learned what SEO was, I was like, this is amazing. And I developed a passion for it because I connected, you know, my competitive nature to ranking websites in Google from an SEO standpoint. Um, to basketball and competing on the basketball court. So essentially what I did was I ended up creating my own website and I was really self-taught. So I just did a lot of research, like Google can be your best friend. You can learn anything on Google. So essentially I created my own website and I started optimizing that website based on everything I was learning at Red Ventures. And then also what I was learning on Google. Um, I mentioned a website earlier in my, uh, my discussion about um, just being able to find freelancers at a very uh, you know, low cost. And it's fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. And so I leveraged Fiverr because you can, you can have someone on there build you a website for $5. And what I did was I learned from what they did. So I asked questions. I even paid them for their time just to have them answer or have them deliver questions to me about SEO. Um, there's also like WordPress. So nowadays, a lot of developers are not even, you know, focused on custom designs anymore uh, because there's WordPress websites out there and themes that are already designed out. And so they're using, they're using um, WordPress builders such as Elementor is one of them. Um, and then there's a website called ThemeForest. And theme forest, you can buy themes for thirty bucks um, on average. And so, what I would tell, what I would say to you from a coding standpoint, that is a very great skill set to have. Um, but what I would um, challenge you to think through is, how can you be more of a front end developer, and you can make changes to pre existing websites, <clears throat> because no one hardly creates custom designs anymore. Um, it's more theme-based. And so one uh, business I would recommend is, um, gosh, it's, uh, it's like Academy Bootcamp. Um, it's in Ballantyne. Um, I can't remember, the, I can look it up, but essentially it's a developer program uh, where they teach you the basic coding of um, uh, you know, web development. So that's an option for you. Um, I know they're, they're local and they also will teach you the very basics. Uh, I would also go to a, a website called it's udemy.com and that website, it has training courses. I mean, you can find anything for, I mean, you can pay 10 bucks for a training course that's going to teach you how to design a website from scratch. So my point, my long, to get, you know, not to make the point too long, but there's so many resources out there that can really help you, uh, you know, hone in on uh, how to become a developer from a t technical standpoint. But then I would also help you, uh, or I would, I would challenge you to think about becoming a front end developer, really making changes to pre-existing designs because people are looking for that all the time. 
My last question for you, Lamar, is um, any thoughts on the social dilemma? Social dilemma. Give me give on me Netflix. Con- Have you seen it yet? I haven't. Okay. Um, that that is on my to do list. Um, okay. I've had like probably seven people ask me that same question okay. this week. So I'm like, I have literally I make a checklist. If I could show you, if I could show you guys my checklist. I have to checklist out when I'm going to watch something on Netflix. So I definitely totally have it planned out, but uh, I don't have an answer for you right now, but I'm definitely uh, looking to, to watch it. Yeah, no, well. you're, you're good. Well, thank you. I'm so grateful and appreciative for your time today. You were so generous with your knowledge. Um, and obviously you've got your email and website here. Is it okay for people to reach out or, or how can people, how can students um, or, you know, community members on this call get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. If you go to the website um, or email me directly, I'm pretty responsive. So um, I love to educate, train, and help others, um, you know, especially my my Davidson family. Yeah, great. Awesome. Thank you, Lamar. It was so great to have you plugged into the Hurt Hub. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me, Meg. Thanks for this opportunity. Of course. Thank you, my friend. I super appreciate you. So, um, I'll let you, you can stop sharing and you can go have time with your family. Thank you for (laughs) generously giving your time to us. No worries at all. I loved it. Thank you guys. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Awesome. Cool. I think I got everyone's questions in here. Um, We are at 7.52. I don't know how that happened, but his... um, I'll leave my like part three for next week if everyone's good with that. I know that this information was a lot for tonight, but um, what's so important is just for everyone to see um, just all the options when it comes to marketing. I think um, there's a lot you can do and there's a lot um, that you have to figure out what's going to work for your business, your company, your idea, and really designing a strategy that, that works for you because um, what works for what Renee's doing is different than Isabella or Hope or whomever it is, like just really kind of creating a strategy that, that works for you um, and what you're trying to accomplish. Um, were there any content marketing questions I could answer now? Yes, okay. I have one. Um, <clears throat> so way back in 2003, I worked at target.com and I was on the team that put in like parent words, like he was suggesting, right? Mm -hmm. Like a toaster, I would put in toast or the name brand and different things. So if we already have a website set up, I'm just thinking about, you know, davidson.edu in general and going to the communications department, do we have the ability to put in those Google search terms as I don't even know if they're called parent terms anymore, but like those Google search terms, just to get things to pop up a little higher in the in the kind of pecking order yes i believe so okay um you should be able to edit that do you have keywords already i need to ask so i'm on the side i'm not on the comm side but to get on the comm side you know i could think of some words right international financial aid or whatever it may be but how to get up higher in the pecking order Yes, you should be able to edit that. Again, I'm not sure who's the right point of contact, but it's not locked in, like it's not etched in stone. Like you can't, you should be able to do that. 
Well, I can just go to our comms team and ask, but that's, I totally forgot about that till he was talking. I was like, wait a minute, I know that. So that's good. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have any other questions about that, let me know or feel free to, to get in touch with Lamar, but you should be able to, to edit and tweak that. Um, any other questions, comments, concerns? So one thing I will tell you is next week, we're gonna talk social media and um, specifically social media marketing campaigns. Um, Emma Miller Yoho is coming back. I don't know if you remember, he came to class last year. Yes, um, that's so great. This is, no, your guest speakers have been awesome, Meg. So okay, good. I'm so sure everyone is, has been appreciative. No, I like this is sometimes like it's just it just makes sense to plug people in who are experts um, and you guys get to meet different experts in the field. And that's part of the fun of um, professional relationships is, is helping, you know, elevate other brands and other people. So that's one of the things that's super important to me is um, letting, you know, sharing a little bit of the spotlight with others. So um, Miller will be here next week. Um, he came to class last year and he basically was talking about social media advertising and um, designing marketing campaigns on social. Um, and uh, one of the things that I think he's really good at is talking you down from thinking that you have to spend a lot of money on social. Because um, I think... Um, you know, Facebook and um, Instagram are always going to push you to spend money with them. Um, and you don't have to do that. You can say no um, and still reach people. So I just like everyone to know that. And Miller's actually a really great contact um, to be able to ask questions to um, as well. So if everyone's good with it, I'll give you four minutes back. If everyone, if you feel like that's fair, that fair okay that's great um, it was a co content overload i think everyone's got a lot of seo on their brain i know so everyone's expected now to start a website and <laughs> you know get it rolling <laughs> um but as you know office hours emma will send out the link yep. tomorrow as well as this recording office hours please come hang out they're you know 15 minutes quick questions big questions whatever you need i'm here to help so um, let me know what I can do for you and I will see everybody next Monday. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Meg. Thanks everyone. Thank you. Talk soon. Thanks guys. Bye.